Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Okay, so thanks for joining iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have Stephen Wilcox. He is the CEO and founder of Parkit. Um, and he actually was did really, really well with this so far, raised over $479,000 on Kickstarter, um, is doing some on-demand Indiegogo um, options, and is just in the starter phase of this company. Quite phenomenal. Really excited to, to have you on the show, Stephen. Yeah, Tom, thank you so much for having us. Excited to be here. So what is Parkit? Can you explain um, a little bit how you got into that and then a little bit of your founder story, if you would? Yeah. So, uh, so Parkit is an outdoor recreational uh, focused brand. Um, that's what we are. Number one, we're a brand. I come from a background of branding and, and kind of that's what really spurred the idea in the first place was building a brand that fostered community and outdoor enjoyment and outdoor exploration uh, with people that we cherish the most. Um, and our number one product is called the Voyager. Um, the Voyager is an outdoor recreational use chair uh, that helps bring that community together to sit around campfires or enjoy beach days with those people who we, who we cherish the most and create memories with one another. And so uh, that's kind of the synopsis of Park It. And um, yeah, we've been uh, at this project now for about three years and uh, the Kickstarter was incredibly successful and we can't wait to see what's next for us. Yeah. And we can always go into, you know, you can probably look up online and see what, you know, the Voyager looks like. I'm sure it's something a little bit more special than a normal recreational chair, right? It's probably quite yeah. unique. Um, could you, could you explain it just slightly? And then we can go into like how you got into this whole business. Yeah. So uh, the Voyager itself, um, it's really a product that we looked at kind of sitting around fires for a number of years. In my free time, I do a lot of surfing. I do a lot of traveling. Um, my girlfriend and I own our own van that we're building out, you know, to give you perspective on the type of people that we are. Yeah, and, um, it, and we got into kind of recognizing around campfires that the chairs and the things we were using really just sucked. Um, like they were built out of really bad materials. They broke apart easily. Um, they didn't have compartments or functional like elements to it that made it really enjoyable. It was more of a chore to bring around, to bring along a chair. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, just kind of one day sitting around the fire, the light bulb went off in my head that went, whoa, um, you can build the brand that you want to build all around this product. That's a chair. Um, and you can bring it into all the communities that you already engage with um, and start to see how they resonate with it. So about three years ago, we started prototyping a couple different chairs and just makeshift at home with scissors and whatnot. And what we came down to finding out was like really a chair that people want involves a cup holder, which we built into it, which is interchangeable. So it can go from left side to the right side, depending upon which user, the hand, the, which hand the user is their dominant hand. Um, it has cutouts for your canteen. So your reusable water bottles, it has cutouts for cans. So you can fit a can in there as well. And it has a small little slit cut into the sidewall of it for a coffee mug. If you're waking up in the morning, camping and having coffee. 
Um, so just those types of things we focused on within the whole chair. And the, the biggest element within that for the user experience outside of the cup holder um, is the cooler that we built into the chair. Nice. Uh, the cooler is located directly under the seat. Um, it has the volume for about 24 cans. Nice. It has external pockets for your other items. So it has, a, it has a waterproof pocket where you can store up stash your electronics like a Kindle or a phone or, a phone or, or car keys if you have mm-hmm. a, you know, a car with the electronic um, entry. And so we just built these extra elements into the product and, and came down to a, a product that not only looks great from a visual aesthetic, um, but has all these functional characteristics to it that we as people who are camping and exploring all the time are like, we want this. Um, and so got to, got to work building it. And uh, so far, you know, the world's received it really positively. And, and Sounds the like validation it. on, yeah, the validation on Kickstarter was, uh, was definitely something that was a, a long awaited, you know, kind of oh my God, where this is a real idea that people want and let's put it forward and now put everything we can into it. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the outside, the outdoor recreational kind of multifunctional space, I think is huge. I mean, I personally like to buy these little items, like these little items that, you know, they use the sun to, you know, boil the water or, you know, they use the sun to cook food or they, you know, you produce energy when you're making a fire and it, mm-hmm. and it has this like chemical reaction where it actually charges batteries while your fire is going. So these kind of multi-purpose, they, I mean, they do super, super well online because nowadays more and more people are camping, you know, and going outdoors even more with, with, with everything with the virus. So how did you exactly get into you know, entrepreneurship? Because I mean, someone that can take an idea and turn it into a reality is just not your average kind of individual. You know, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of, you know, planning, a lot of persistence, things like that. Um, what did you do before, you know, park it to give you like the, you know, the knowledge and the, you know, the self-awareness to be able to go out and do this? Yeah. So, uh, before park it, I worked, uh, predominantly in the action sports industry, um, grew up as just like a kid idolizing Quicksilver and Billabong and all those big brands and, um, ended up out of college getting a job with Oakley where I was on the Oakley marketing team. And um, got exposed there to like really the understanding of how efficient a company can operate. Um, like Oakley is a absolute machine. Um, so like got in there and, you know, as a kid coming out of college, who's getting their first taste of the real world, not what the textbook says. Um, like you could see all the synergies that existed to make Oakley the behemoth that it is. Um, and learned a lot from them just in terms of brand management and project management and how to, how to execute you know, go from this is the idea and this is how we finish it and took a lot from their processes that were refined over the course of the history of the company. Um, after Oakley went over to Quicksilver and Board Riders, um, which was definitely in a completely different situation than Oakley was, you know, Oakley had just been bought for a couple billion dollars by Luxottica. Um, Quicksilver in the time that I joined within the first two weeks of joining Quicksilver, uh, the entire organization filed bankruptcy. Um, and was then invested to by a company called Oak Tree Capital Management. And from one end, you know, you have this quick, this Oakley experience where you're seeing incredible efficiency and processes. And then on the other hand, you're at Quicksilver where they just filed bankruptcy and you're immediately able to see, whoa, this is where the differences exist. Um, and just that exposure at such an early age gave me an understanding of like, whoa, you've learned some things from Oakley that you can apply immediately to this multi-billion dollar a year company called Quicksilver that's also like going through some, that's going through some financial troubles and help fix things. Mm-hmm. Um, so got in there and immediately was able to, to start helping the marketing team with some efficiencies on the trade marketing side, which is what I was specializing in. 
Um, and as I started looking at my avenues for growth within the company, realized that those were kind of limited um, for myself, you know, in terms of what I wanted to achieve and what my long-term goals were. Um, so that's when I decided uh, to step away from kind of the W2 world um, and go into the consulting business and um, take what I learned from those two brands and start applying it to smaller mom and pop, you know, retailers and brands that needed help. Yeah. Um, getting there's going through the stages, you know, that a company like Park is going to going mm -hmm. through. And um, for the last about four years now, I've worked as a consultant for a number of brands within Southern California and gotten a look underneath the hood of how they all operate and worked with a hand, like, you know, handfuls of different CEOs and CMOs and seeing what they bring day in and day out to what they do and kind of had the light bulb um, that there was really nothing stopping me from becoming an entrepreneur right. and leading my own company. Um, yeah. because I was working directly with these guys that if they can do it, why can't you, you know, it, exactly kept having that epiphany like what makes them so different than me. And, um, ultimately what it came down to was just a belief in my idea to the extent of which let's take everything you learned from these companies now and apply that to your idea, um, and execute it and make it happen. And, uh, it's definitely had its challenges and they were definitely nice for like, why are we building a chair? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you get to the result and you see what you've built uh, down at the end of the road. And, and you're like, wow, it's something to be really proud of. And you can now, you know, like I was saying, apply everything that we've learned and, and grow it and uh, make it something special. You get a lot of confidence when you're rubbing shoulders with CEOs and founders of other companies. And, you know, all those things really have an impact on you. You know, mm -hmm. how long was it when you were doing the consulting thing and you're working on building the, the initial designs for the, the chair and everything until you, you know, how, what was the period in time until you, until you, then you got the Kickstarter and then you got the 479,000. Like how long was that period? Yeah. So from initial, from the initial idea for park it, um, you know, the brand was something that always resonated within me. I didn't know what it was going to be called. I didn't know what it was going to, our yeah, brand flagship product was going like, to be. Yeah. We have an expert that's on the show. That's literally, that's her job is she names huge things like the Baconator. She like named Wednesday, Wendy's. Oh, good for, <laughs> good for her. It was like, that's such a, that's such a, like a hard process. In fact, I've got a funny story that we can get into on how we came up with the name for the Voyager. Yeah, go for it. Um, so, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll get there through this story. Um, so, you know, came up with the idea of what the brand would be about and always knew it would be about storytelling and community. Um, and then one day, you know, sitting around a fire, realized we could build better chairs. And I was like, but what do we call it? Um, and as I'm driving down the five freeway somewhere near Disneyland, suddenly a sign came up and it said something along the lines of like, park it. Like I was able to draw the two together. And I thought to myself, that's not bad. Like chair, where do you park it? Where do you put your, where do you put your butt? Uh, like all these things started to go through my head yeah, of like imagine. how we could, how we could align the name with like what the brand and the, and the pivotal product was going to be. Um, and it just like, it's one of those really organic kind of comes together moments where you're like, right. that makes sense. Like that, that the gut instinct is that's the name. Let's go with that. And I like, let it fester for about a month. And finally you're like, yep. Mm -hmm. I, so I that was about anything. January or February, 2018. That was, uh, that was, yeah, probably January of 2018 was when that name really started to stick. Okay. Um, yeah. And so then, you're about uh, over two years, basically. And then when did the when did the Kickstarter thing launch off? Yeah, so that was January 2018. We started designing the product in June of 2018, um, and we didn't really finish the design. We're still, you know, we're 95 percent the way there. We're still learning things through the production process right now with our factories that need to be tweaked. Um, but for the most part, we 
how we finished like the prototype design that was like everything works this is good we can we can market this um probably in november of last year um and then we planned to do kickstarter after the holiday kind of season ended we actually were supposed to start our kickstarter campaign in march um and everyone knows that march was when toilet paper became the number one product in america and <laughs> right, uh, yeah nobody was thinking about going outside. So we, we hit the brakes on the launch of our Kickstarter campaign in March, then restructured, resettled, uh, put together a new game plan and then officially launched it in May of, uh, of May of this year. So it took us about two and a half years to go from just the name and the idea of the product um, to generating our first bit of revenue. And then it, how long did it take to generate that revenue? Um, so we generated $479,000 on Kickstarter, um, in 35 days. There we go. So that's it. Yeah. So it, that's one of the really, that's, I mean, I think people should understand this. Like people think, oh, well, you know, if I try something, you know, I'm starting this new business, I have this idea, I think it's going to work out the first month, the second month, the third month in, it's not really, nothing's really happening. They're not making any money. And then they're just like, all right, well, this is a failed idea. It doesn't work like blah, blah, blah. I want to go back to what I was doing previously. Mm -hmm. I think people need to understand it sometimes can take two and a half years, three years before you even get any validation that this was even a good idea. You know, you have to have a lot of self-belief. Like that's, that's, and, and half of it too is doing the contracting and like you get under the hood of these companies and you're like, wait a minute, these guys are still doing X amount of annual revenue and they've got these areas completely, you know, they're not even thinking about how to do certain things on email marketing strategies or like their social media management is really bad. They they don't even have a content management system. They're just, everything's, you know, a disorganized mess. And you're like, how are you guys doing like multiple millions of dollars a year in revenue? And you kind of have to just look at that and go, if I know I can make these systems better for these people and that's going to grow their revenue as a consultant, like doing it for myself, uh, it's just something you kind of just have to, to recognize that you can do for yourself. And then you mm-hmm. go out there and you just got to walk the talk. Yeah. You don't have to exactly know everything either. Right. So you don't need no. to know all those different pieces. You just have to have believe in your product, believe in your mission, believe in your purpose and push it. And then if you can't do certain things or you don't have the skills to do certain things and find those people to do things, do whatever you can to be able to fund those individuals. So that way they can continue to work on the project. So that way it can came, come into completion, but that can take, you know, quite a long time. Um, fantastic. So, you, so right now you have one product. Um, you know, we'd like to talk about multiple streams of revenue. Mm-hmm. You have other. Do you have other products that you're looking to add to the Voyager, or you just you're just you're initially getting this one launched up? What other ways have you thought about creating additional streams of revenue? There's a lot of there's a lot of ways, but yeah. So, um, so one of the ways that we're really interested in, kind of, you know, number one is going to be our product line. That's going to be our biggest stream of revenue. Um, then within that, you know, there's multiple ways to go about it. Do we do the direct consumer model and drive our entire business online? Like movement watches did. Um, do we go a distributor model where we bring on a, a, a rep of sales, a, a sales team of reps and have them go into local surf shops and snow shops and hunting shops and et cetera, and, and put our product around the country and, you know, move it at a wholesale type of distribution center. Um, those in itself are two different models that we're, you know, constantly debating, like when's the right time for us to open up one of those. We know we're going to do direct to consumer. When do we open up wholesale? Um, and then, you know, on top of that, there's some kind of fun um, revenue streams that you can build, which come into like our YouTube channel. Um, we haven't been able to invest in it yet because we're still really small. But one of our biggest strengths as a team is content and storytelling. And that's one of the things that the brand really stands for. And so we anticipate building a YouTube channel um, with stories about, you know, the people who represent Parkit and the activities that tie into what they do 
and how those stories draw together our community. Um, and you know, if you're growing your re something like a YouTube channel, um, and your views get up to a certain extent, that becomes a revenue stream for a business. And a lot of people don't think about it in such a, a kind of a creative way to generate new revenue for the business. And so that's something that we're kind of looking at from a creative standpoint going, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. how long till we can get to that? Who knows? But we're definitely yeah. keeping our eyes peeled on, on ways that we can take the skills that we have from a creative standpoint and a brand building standpoint and apply those to the brand to to grow revenue outside of just the product. And then within the product, um, we're looking at a handful of different accessories. Um, you know, just the other day I was sitting around thinking, you know, there's probably a, an element of things we can build for, for ocean goers and boaters, um, that mm -hmm. tie to the product. There's an element of things we can build for people who are just going to the beach. Um, there's people things we can build in the people who are just taking it camping, um, and build in, you know, kind of a, a character collection, um, around all of those. And so there's a lot of opportunity, you know, now that we've gotten this validation on Kickstarter to, to see where Parkit can grow and what we can do with it. Yeah, dude, Kickstarter is amazing. You know, it really does, um, super well for, for specifically like products like this, they do phenomenal on there. So I'm really glad you got that funding. Um, and you did a good on the timing too, you know, May going to June, you know, things are starting to open up now that people are a little bit more optimistic about things. What is your plans for the rest of the year? Um, with everything that's going on with this like new normal and, and everything else. Yeah. So our, um, our plan for the rest of the year is, uh, really just to continue growing the brand and gaining our, like just growing our exposure, um, with this success off of Kickstarter, you know, we've already gotten exposure in Forbes. We've gotten exposure in USA today. Um, a couple others, you know, like really big publications out there that we didn't necessarily think we were going to get this fast. Um, and so we're going to be sharing our story as much as we can to kind of grow our exposure. Um, and in terms of the new normal, you know, like one of the things that we were challenged with in the beginning, especially with the coronavirus pandemic was like, Hey, no one's allowed to go outside. Um, well, that's, that's not good for a product where everyone's supposed to be using our chair outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, one of the things, you know, that I want to make sure, you know, all the listeners are, are aware of, too, is our product doesn't deliver until January or February of 2021. Um, yeah. Because the way that Kickstarter works, you know, you get that funding, you go through the process now with your factories, and you really build the company. And these people are enabling you to fulfill your dream and fulfill your vision. Um, and, you know, with that and the timing of everything, we're hoping that our product delivers and a lot of this coronavirus is behind us. And, and we knew we had to launch when we did because otherwise we wouldn't get to play a role in returning society back to whatever new normal we have in terms right. of, you know, spending time outdoors with people. So it's awesome, definitely dude. been an interesting year. Yeah. Super interesting year. And I, you know, I don't think there's this space isn't going to go away. You know, if anything, people are just going to learn to adapt, you know, more and more and people are going to be spending more and more time outside. So I think this direction is a really, you know, it's a very positive, phenomenal direction. Uh, is there anything that you're looking for right now, you know, from our network and our listeners, you know, we have tons of phenomenal, you know, entrepreneurs and different people that listen to the podcast. Is there anything specifically that you're looking for right now? Um, specifically, you know, like we're still waiting to see the funds land from Kickstarter and kind of let the dust settle from that. So we'll know a lot more about what we need as a brand to continue growing um, in probably the next week or two. Um, but I just know right out the gates, you know, like there's going to be an element that we need where we need to raise some form of capital to, to continue expanding at the rate of which we know we can. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a matter of understanding how much that is and where the company sits today and, 
and what type of tools, you know, like we can, we can garner from that capital that could continue the growth. Um, so there's a lot to, to kind of let settle from Kickstarter still, but once we're done with that, that'll be one of the things that's on the top of my docket is figuring out how to, how to raise some capital for the business. Perfect. Yeah. We can definitely put you in some connection. If anyone wants to reach out to, um, Stephen about, you know, different funding options. I mean, this is a great product. Um, you know, it sounds like it would, it would solve a lot of issues with the old school kind of like recreational chair, you know, kind of things that I used to deal with when I was younger. <laughs> so, um, how do they get a hold of you, Stephen? Yeah. So the best way to get a hold of us is on our website at www.parkitmovement.com. Um, there's a contact page there, fill out the form, let us know who you are. And, um, I receive those directly. Um, and, uh, then, you know, depending upon what, uh, element of services you're able to provide us, um, we can figure out if it's something we want to work forward and, uh, and make happen. So yeah, www.parkitmovement.com and just hit the contact tab. Perfect. Awesome. Hey, Steven, thanks so much for uh, being on the show today. And, uh, we'll have to connect with you later on this year and see how everything is progressing and have a good rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Excited to, to circle up with you guys and get you a status update in a couple months. Fantastic. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.